Welcome to Sudoku Book Club, where we get around to the books that have been sitting on our shelves forever. I'm Tim Everson. I'm Leif Nelson. And today, Leif is going to be jumping back in. Oh, shit. Emily. <laughs> I... <laughs> what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> Let's start. I'm Tim Everson. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Minor. It's That's okay, you're right. not used to me being back. I'm not used to it. I'm really not. Um, today, you know, I had a book ready to go, folks. Two weeks ago. Ready to go. You guys, you were going to learn so much about the Revolutionary War. You thought you had fun learning with Hamilton. <laughs> I was going to, McCullough was going to give it to you with a 1776. But no. <laughs> Leaf pulled rank because it's his podcast equipment. And it's his stuff. He pays the five bucks to keep this on the web for you people to listen to it. So, Leaf, tell us, what book was so important that you had to jump me in line on a book that I've definitely finished and is definitely ready at any moment for me to talk about? What book was so important that you had to jump ahead? I... I... I just thought that Emily had been talking about The Lord of the Rings... And fantasy, and that got me thinking about some very Lord of the Rings-esque things I had been reading. And I just felt like I'd like to talk about The Wheel of Time, uh, The Eye of the World specifically, the first book in the series. You know, it's real real indie stuff, uh, but... <laughs> yeah. Real deep cut. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, and I wanted Emily's perspective on things, so yeah. I was like, hey, can you wait around two weeks come and help record again and she said sure and she's still here yeah. she hasn't left the seat which is kind of horrifying she hasn't showered either at least i've had a bedpan <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so i read the eye of the world it is a book by robert jordan it is the first in the wheel of time series which is a 13 14 book series uh by robert jordan he wrote the first uh, 11 over the course of about 15 years. He died uh, rather unexpectedly. Uh, he had an illness. I can't remember. I believe it was cancer. But within a year, he had died of it. And his notes were compiled. He had originally only planned to have one more book left. He was then a big fan of his and also an author, Brandon Sanderson, who's very prolific now, but at the time was kind of an... Not unknown, he had a one series out, but um, he was called on to finish the series, and he finished it over the course of three more books. Um, I personally have never read any of the Wheel of Time books. Have either of you in any capacity heard of, read them, anything like that? Heard of them because my younger brother has read some of them, or if not all of them. I have heard of them because, like you, <laughs> they were... Uh took up a, one fairly large shelf in our high school library. Mm -hmm. um, I did not read them, though, for really no particular reason. I, I have a cousin that was a big fan um, and is a big hater of the TV show <laughs> right now. I've been meaning to watch the show now that I've read the first book um, because I've heard some things. Just to give a small taste, most of the characters in this are teenagers or very young Um and in the TV show, one of them is married and accidentally kills his wife in the beginning. 
And that does not happen in the books. So they start going off the rails pretty quickly. So I, I, I'm looking forward to watching that. But um, I've actually tried reading this. Uh, it, it took me three tries to finish this book. The first time was in high school. Can't remember when. Freshman, sophomore, whatever. I got about 100 pages in and stopped. And the reason I used to give was because I found it unrealistic. <laughs> I found... <laughs> Ran so the main character's name is Rand. And I found Rand very unrealistic because he's this farm boy who... Uh, his village gets attacked by Trollocs, which are beast men. They, they, some of them have beaks, some of them have snouts, that sort of thing. They're kind of like just these, like, monstrous, uh, creatures. They come and attack and he kills one. And I'm like, oh, like, it doesn't make any sense. He just, like, they made a big deal about this is the first time him grabbing a sword and he kills one. I can't read this anymore. And I put the book away. I was not reading the book very closely, because if I had been at that time, I would have realized that it was the, like, classic, oh, he raises the sword at the last second as the thing is charging him, and he kills it then. Like, Peter and the Wolf in Narnia. The second time I read it was a little over a year ago. Yeah, probably in January of last year I was reading it. I checked it out from the library, and was very slowly getting through it, but I was enjoying it. I was like, oh, okay, I, I like, I'm actually reading it now. I got a little bit further. And then I had been working on my master's and I was like, I, I've been putting this off so long. I need to finish my master's. I think that means I shouldn't be reading any 800 page fantasy books at the moment. So I returned the book to the library, finished my master's, and forgot about it for a while. But at some point when I had some money, I was like, I, maybe it was when I was buying, I think it was when I was buying Christmas books. I was like, oh, I need a little more money to get free shipping. I'll grab the Wheel of Time. And so I bought that, and I've had that waiting for me. And I think I started reading it again in January. So it took me three tries. Got 100 pages in the first time. Got about 250 pages in the second time. And now I have finally finished the book. And it is okay. <laughs> Just okay, huh? It's an okay book. There's some parts I like. There's some parts I don't like. And yeah. Is it is it understood that maybe it's like a, a slow start situation and that it gets a little better as it goes on? Or Okay. So um, one thing I uh, – oh, yeah. So one thing also as I was reading it. I liked it more each time. So obviously the first time I just quit reading it. The second time I wanted to keep reading it, but I was willing to set it aside. And this time, reading through all the parts I've already read, I'm finding stuff that I had been missing, and then f actually finishing it. I liked it more every time I came back to it. And I usually find that's the case with books. With movies, I'm kind of the opposite. If I watch a movie again multiple times, I start finding more things to nitpick, like... There have been times where I had to stop watching The Lord of the Rings because I was like, I know I like these movies, but all I'm doing is finding all the faults I've found in them. I need to just leave it alone and come back to it sometime, and it will be fine. Books, when I reread them, for A, it's usually been a lot longer. It's usually like five to ten years since I've read the book. Um, 
And, and every time I do that, I, I usually like the book more. And if I don't, it's because I'm noticing stuff I didn't notice as a kid. And I'm just like kind of more analyzing it than just reading it and enjoying it. But for this one, I did actually enjoy it more each time. Um, I, I went on this tangent because you asked me a question, Tim. I can't remember what it was. I just asked you if, if it's a deal where it's the first one is, is good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But not great. And then maybe... In the if you're aware, obviously you haven't read these yet. If it does get better, yeah. So from what I saw, because um, I, I'm I'm going to take a step back and talk about I, every time I've been bringing up the the Wheel of Time on this podcast, I've been talking about it as a Lord of the Rings ripoff, which it is, and you're not allowed to get mad at me about that because if you look at interviews with the author, he specifically was copying things from the lord of the rings in order to make the first book recognizable to fantasy readers and to kind of onboard them into the like bigger story he wanted to tell so the first book is kind of like the entire lord of the rings crunched down into a single book and like it doesn't have like all the same beats but it has a lot of the same beats so i'm going to go through those really quick a wizard and a secret warrior king brings several villagers and a few uh, stowaways uh, who snuck along on a journey to defeat a dark lord. They are separated after passing through a dead city and presume the other people are dead. A, few, a foolish member of them takes an item that leads the dark lord to them. Uh, it also makes him distrustful and kind of warps his mind. The wizard in the group knows what it is and helps him kind of separate it. From him. They also meet a fantastical being thought to be uh, long dead who is connected to trees. They are very long lived, talk at length, and uh, talk about how humans are always hasty. Eventually they arrive, they, they go to the place of power that's important, and they do something, and that is the end of it. They defeat the Dark Lord, and the book is over. Mm-hmm. Um. That's not everything. There are other things that happen, but, like, that stuff is, like, very clearly, that's Lord of the Rings. Like, when you're reading it, if you've read Lord of the Rings, the first time you meet Lan Mandragoran, uh, you know he's Aragorn. And I knew he was a secret king, like, immediately. Now, to be fair, it's not exactly hidden from you. Like, another character refers refers to him as a lord, and he's part of a group called the War... Or... He's either called the Watchers or the Wardens. I can't remember. I apologize. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. Yes. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a warden, and they call him Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> and he is the king of a land that is on the border of where the Dark Lord's minions are. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of parallels to it. Um and so I would say that, yes, the book is slow, but it's also kind of on purpose. And there are other things that happen that are interesting in it. But but from what I've read, yeah, the first book is kind of like its own beast. And then as soon as you get to the second book, it's like, oh, this is this is new. This is its own thing. Hmm. Um, so I, I, I do want to keep reading it. Um but I think that the first book does have some hurdles that for me are hurdles that for some people might be like good. Like, oh, I like The Lord of the Rings. If this is very similar, I'll probably like it too. And that might very well be the case. Um, but for me, that was 
something I had to get past rather than something I enjoyed. And this was something I kind of was thinking about. Um, we all recently watched the movie Serenity. Um, not the Firefly movie. This is the, what, 2020, 2019? 2019, I believe. Movie with... Uh, Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. Yes. And I'm not going to... Sp- spoil it because i do think if anyone wants to watch it they really need to just watch it i'm not going to explain anything but it is generally considered a bad movie but there are things that happen that are like maybe it's bad on purpose and we when we watched it we were kind of asking like does that forgive does do, do things things being bad on purpose does that forgive the fact that it is still bad and i think we were kind of torn on that um, where at the time I was pretty harsh, and looking back on it now, I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe there was some, there was something to it. I don't know. That's how I sort of feel about this. Like, does the fact that the author like specifically says, yes, this was, this is supposed to be Lord of the Rings. I did that on purpose. Does that like make it any better? And for me, all it really does is convince me, yeah, I should read the later books. Not that I, I think this is like some masterpiece Mm -hmm. overall um but to leave lord of the rings behind and actually talk about it um it is like certain parts of it like are like lord of the rings but also like a bunch of stories star wars people from a farm go off and do great things um and it's very much like lord of the rings in the sense that it's all about traveling it's all about starting in one place traveling across an entire country, and I can't remember, it, I don't know if the country has a name. I know there's a queen, and where they start, they originally, when they reach the queen, and they find out, oh, she rules our land? I didn't even know she was, like, <laughs> we were part of her country, that sort of thing. That sort of started to hint to me that, the, like, the world was a little more, I don't want to say more complicated than the Lord of the Rings, but, like, it was it was different. Like, it's not just this kind of, um, straightforward. This is the Shire. This is Rohan. This is Gondor. That sort of thing. It was there. There's much more of a, like a gradient of people's understanding. If you live really far away and you've never had taxes collected, why would you know that so and so is your queen or whatever? Yeah. Um, the things I liked the most in this were the main character Rand is a bit of a wet noodle. Um, he's kind of. He might be the most boring character. There's a lot of characters that are in there. Um, there's Rand, Matt, and Perrin, or th- three boys, who, Emily's making a face, sound a lot like uh, Pippin and Mary, and that sort of thing. Um, there are three, two girls, uh, Nynaeve, and, no, Nynaeve, N-Y-N-A-E-V-E, and Egwene, uh, are two girls from the village. And then um, a, a uh, the wizard, who is actually Aes Sedai, because in this world, only women can use magic. If men use magic, they go insane. Um, her name is Moraine. She is the Gandalfy figure. It's not one-to-one, but she is, like, the kind of very powerful person. And then there's Lan, who is the warder, who protects uh, Moraine, but also kind of, like, knows stuff about tracking and knows everything about Trollocs. And that sort of thing. Um, and then they're followed along by Patton Fane, who is a peddler, and Tom Marilyn, 
who is also kind of a wizard, but more of like a magician where he just does tricks, that sort of thing. His name is Tom Maryland? Marilyn. Marilyn. Yes. Uh, yeah. Carry on. <laughs> and his name is Tom, as in T-H-O-M, like Tom York. So. Mm. Always liked that spelling. Yeah, it's a fun one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of characters. And so when they get split up, I don't know what it was like reading The Lord of the Rings. It kind of helped give other characters a little bit more time to breathe. Because they don't get split into two, mm. or I guess three, even like Lord of the Rings. They get split into one, two, three. No, they do get split into three. It is like Lord of the Rings. Oh, no. <laughs> and one group does get paired up with the others while the two other main characters are off by themselves. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> but I'm going to say is I did like the part where they got split up. They got, they got reunited much quicker than the Lord of the Rings, but, um, well... They got reunited before they reached Mount Doom, as it were. But when they were off by themselves, that was when I felt like I liked it the most, when I actually got to meet people that weren't just Rand, the main character. Um, it kind of felt like, as the book was going along, the first, like, maybe, like I said, 250 pages, you're in Rand's point of view the entire time. You're the farm boy who whose dad has a special sword, that doesn't make sense for a shepherd to have it. And you leave the village you've known your whole life and start traveling to the city, which is really just a big town. And everyone kind of makes fun of the villagers for thinking it's a city. But it's big and it's different. And then they go traveling and meet a bunch of others. And then they end up at a real city. And they feel so dumb for thinking that the town was a city. And then they start traveling to the wastelands. Or I can't remember what they're called. And I and I really did like that as it, like, it very much felt like every section was just like, oh, wow, the world is big. Oh, oh, wow. There's, like, a lot going on here. Um, when they discover the Ogier, who's very similar to an Ent, um... Except he, look, he he sounds more like a big Muppet to me. I don't know how to describe it any better. Um, you know Sweetums, the guy with the big mouth? Yes. That's what he sounds like to me. He's got these big eyebrows that are very, like, expressive. Okay. He, he's covered in fur, that sort of thing. Um, he's a very fun character, but that's kind of what I was picturing. It was a little ridiculous, but it's, it's still good. Um, when they meet him, they're like... The people in the city are not, like, used to him, but they, like, take it in stride. Like, think, like, a New Yorker, like, any superhero movie when it, no one takes notice of the person in the costume. Like, who cares? Um, but the to the country bumpkins, it's like, we thought you were just stories. We didn't even think that Ogier existed. And that's the fun stuff. Um, I, uh, of those, I really enjoyed Rand and Matt. They're the, two of the boys... Um, one other boy was, like, separated, but Rand and Matt, I really enjoyed their journey because they're the only ones at a certain point without any adults with them, and it's just them, and they kind of just have to survive, and they do kind of a shit job of it. They're just traveling from town to town. Matt is slowly being corrupted by this knife mm -hmm. that he found, so he's making his the job harder for uh, Rand, who's trying to, like, keep him in check, and it's really nice i don't know how to describe it. like there are some like really tender moments of like them just being miserable and like i mean it's like mm -hmm. lord of the rings they're like right. talking about like wishing they hadn't come on this journey 
and and uh unlike Lord of the Rings where the main like if you call Frodo the main character, I know it's an ensemble cast. In this book, Rand is obviously the main character. You don't really get to see Matt's thoughts really throughout mm-hmm. this. Where Rand has to like he doesn't know that Matt is being corrupted. Like we as the audience kind of know that because we've seen a, maybe a few things and you can kind of guess. Um but he just all he knows is that oh he has this knife and he acts different but you're really seeing that like him being with like the, his friend who's like kind of sabotaging things making life harder for them and still try and like they are starving some days cuz they're just they just know they have to go towards some place and that things might get better once they get there but they have no proof of that they have no proof that everyone else is going to find them and i really liked them interacting them talking and not quite arguing but like just trying to like we we just need to make it they they start like an act they're like we need money we need to like be able to let make farmers let us live in their barn for the night or things like that and they start like juggling and learning the flute that one of them got from the magician and they start to get kind of decent at it and it's kind of like becomes something that like later on when they're in a better place they still kind of do to kind of like I don't know. Have a little fun. Yeah, have a little fun or just, like, something to do when, like, all you're doing is bone-tired, but you need to do something. Um, So I really liked that. I liked the politics of the Aes Sedai, who are, like, this group of witches or wizards or what you want to call them, women with magic that no one really trusts because they're very mysterious and all they do is go out and kind of kill boys who might have magic you don't see that happen but that's how everyone talks about them Mm -hmm. that's how they talk about what they do and so the fact that they're being led around by an Aes Sedai they don't really trust her and she doesn't really give them a lot of reason to trust them other than the fact that she also is willing to kill Trollocs but they don't really know that she's what she's doing is in their best interest it seems like it is but she's very imperious and it very much expects you to just do what she says um even if at times she tries to be a little warmer she's a very cold figure um i liked the 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 politics of the Aes Sedai and a group called the white cloaks which were like templars they're like a religious order they stamp out evil and it's very obvious that they are like overzealous and will just will hurt anyone who's in their way and it was really interesting seeing a point where um once they reached the city that politics kind of like spread out among the people where some people were wearing white sashes to pr- show they were side with the um white cloaks and some people were were wearing red to show they were on the side of the queen and the Aes Sedai that was a really interesting thing uh that was going on and I said it before I read it three times I really liked the beginning I liked starting small and kind of growing big what I didn't like the ending sucks. <laughs> the ending is so awful. I have no idea what happened in it. It's a real, it feels like it's a roller coaster, but it's a roller coaster that you're blindfolded for and new things are being like a new, like new characters will pop up and then they'll just die. And it feels like they're supposed to be a big deal, but you don't know why. And now they're dead. And when I googled them, I do I now know that like oh that they're part of a group that comes up later, but like it's so out of the blue when it happens, it just feels very strange. They're built up as these big bad guys, and then they're killed very easily. And part of it is like oh Rand 
might be one of these men who can use magic and he might be going crazy at sometime in the future but at the moment like he enters this like well of power at the eye of the world and he becomes super powerful he defeats the dark lord for a time and i think he kills one of these people or maybe both but it's just very quick they everyone's separated but you're only following rand's point of view and it's just weird (laughs) i might have to reread it i might have to just read someone summarizing it but it sounds confusing as hell. It is really confusing, and I know I'm not the only one, because again, I, I did a quick Google just to see what other people thought of it, and it is a common complaint, that it feels like you've been doing this long, arduous journey, and then all of a sudden it just ends with this like flurry of like battle and like weirdness and magic, and it's disorienting. And it's another one of those things where it might be trying to be disorienting, because Rand doesn't know everything that happened, but I also don't know what was happening. So it like doesn't it kind yeah. of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Mm. Um, there are a lot of dream sequences in this, and I don't love dream sequences in movies. I hate dream sequences in books. They are usually very pointless, unless it's a quick like, oh, so and so dreamed of wolves nipping at his heels or something. Like if it's going to be at length, it's very boring. It's the Dark Lord entering his brain and like, oh, I'm going to catch you. Mm-hmm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> I- I'm not touching you. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. Oh, I'm not touching you. <laughs> and he never catches him. And so it's well, like, I don't know. It's like he knew that it was long and we hadn't actually seen the Dark Lord. It's like he, it's like someone read Lord of the Rings and was like, why don't we ever get to see what more, uh, um, Sauron is like. And it's like. Well, if you do it like this, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it makes the b- ultimate bad guy seem like a little kid. Right. He needs to be more, like, all-powerful and mysterious. Yeah. He's yeah. constantly taunting them. And the first time it happens, it's really creepy. It, like, he kills a rat in the dream, and when they wake up, all the rats in the ho- in the um, inn that they're in are also dead with all their backs broken. Really creepy stuff. Really cool. And it keeps happening. And nothing ever cool like that happens again. So kind of loses its uh, appeal at that point. Um, and then the last complaint-ish I'll make is that Perrin, one of the other characters who got separated, he also starts gaining a power. And his power is the ability to communicate with wolves. Not with, like, speech, but he can kind of, like, sense their emotions. And when even when they're not around, he can kind of just feel them. And he slowly becomes more wolf-like throughout the book. It's not really focused on, but it's something that happens. It's This is a very minor complaint. It's just that Robin Hobb does it better. She also has <laughs> characters that can communicate with animals. And it is so good. And she also does dream sequences. And her dream sequences I love. So... <laughs> I think, I'm just going to say Robin Hobb, better than Robert Jordan, as of what I've read. So, when it comes to that, that's all I can say. I love, love your obsession with Robin Hobb's writing. Listen, it's so of, good. None of the Robin Hobb books are things that I've been putting off, so I can't, I, I'm never going to bring, like, a Robin Hobb book here. Like, actually, that's not true. I do have one, but it's in her Megan Lindholm uh Robin Hobb is a, a pseudonym. Megan Lindholm is her real name. And she writes different genres in different in those. So I'll bring a Megan Lindholm book sometime, <laughs> but I won't be able to bring Robin Hobb because I read those real quick. Because <laughs> they're so damn good. They are real good. If I were a dog ear, I feel like every page. <laughs> 
dog-eared. Like, yes, this is fantastic writing. My mouth is very dry. I've been talking a lot. You guys have just been staring at me. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Any comments? I don't know. Like, I've been enjoying the hearing your thoughts to be yes, totally it, clear. It's been interesting, for yeah, sure. Um, Especially having zero... Like, I knew nothing. I knew mm-hmm. nothing. Did they ever call him Randy? <laughs> no. Though, I think it's funny. His full name is Rand Al Thor. So I just call him Randall Thor. <laughs> Randall. Randall. It's a real fun fantasy name. People. Randall, you gotta defeat the Dark Lord. <laughs> Randall, get out there. What get are the, what get are off the, your butt. What are the monsters? What are the, what are the, what are the things called? You gotta murder draw and some trollocs on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, get out of here. Trollocs are back. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the pitchfork. <laughs> oh, actually, another thing I really like that I keep forgetting. It's very quickly you find out that Rand is adopted. And it does something I really like that I kind of hate in other books um, where the main character finds out their true parentage. We don't know his real parentage at this point, but it's it's getting there. He is really broken up about it the fact like knowing that his dad is not actually his dad he spends like the first couple nights when he finds that out he's like tam is my dad he- he's my father like that is true like he loves his dad and finding out that that's not the case he's like heartbroken Aww. about it and his mom died years and years ago so he never really had a relationship with her but it's he is just so he finds it so weird. And I remember, like, I was reading the Percy Jackson books. And I remember realizing at some point, oh, the whole plot point of these books is that all the main characters have one of their parents as a god and the other is a human. Which means that their other family isn't their real family. That would suck. <laughs> like a lot (laughs) and uh i don't know just reading it in this book i I really appreciated like what would happen if you actually found out that you were adopted late in life not that it's this awful thing to be adopted but just like that would affect you like it would really it would totally change how you think about yourself and your family and yeah yeah. Mm. and he's not gonna stop loving his dad but it does like suddenly change things and it's something that like I really appreciate in the book that it's very clear that there are people with different, like, skin tones in it. And it's actually, it's something you don't really notice at the beginning of the book. But as you're going on, Rand keeps, like, other people keep commenting that Rand doesn't look like the other people. That he has, I can't remember, I want to say he, I can't remember if he has lighter or darker skin. I really can't remember. But it's commented on. Um, And it just sort of, to me, shows like a diversity in fantasy that is a not usually done in books most books are just like it's europe but it's also not done in some modern adaptations of it including the new show in which you kind of like blind cast everybody Mm. it's like oh we need to make the the village they're from is emmons field we need to make that diverse. And I don't see a problem with that in the broad scope of just, like, it's not going to make a huge difference, like, whatever. But in the sense that, like, there is diversity in the books. It's just not in the very beginning. 
and it feels like they wanted to like just sort of flatten everything like oh there's a wide range of skin tones there's white people there's black people and as you're traveling it's just going to be like that as opposed to actually seeing that like oh they're like part of the whole thing is they're traveling and suddenly people are looking different from them and they're having to interact with new faces and new cultures um they come across a group of people who i want to say are called the travelers which are basically like traveler people or roma that sort of thing and they are weirded out by it but they are they're like they learn about them and they learn uh what they're like and oh they have jokes about travelers and how they steal things and Mm. they do not appreciate that sort of thing like this isn't it's not a to me the this the book is not a it's not blind to what the real world is like It, Mm. it it's not just this like fantastical like cool idea he had he has spent time thinking about it and he wants to make it like the real world there are different people they act different and they have different cultures and like you can be isolated in those small parts mm-hmm. of the world too. yeah right. definitely mm-hmm. no like they make it asses of themselves all the time yeah and I, and like in a way that like is believable of just people who have like teenagers who have never been out in the re- like beyond their hometown and so i really like that and the more i talk about the more i like the book so (laughs) (laughs) i think uh i think at the end of the day like i i do really recommend this book i uh i know i spoiled a fair amount of it by saying what the end of the book is but it's 14 books you got more to read (laughs) like (laughs) it's a grower not a shower yeah (laughs) i hate you (laughs) me too yeah i mean Here's the thing. I'm never going to read these books, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, the reason I'm not, like, a long... At this point in my life, I am not a long series of books kind of reader anymore. I was when I was a kid. I just can't do it anymore. And the only reason I did it for Lord of the Rings is because it's Lord of the Rings. And I freaking love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I love Tolkien. And I'm, mm-hmm. So I'm never going to read these books. But I really appreciate, like, hearing more about it. Because, like, it's, like, super, like, relevant these days because of the show being out. And also, I watch a YouTuber who is, like, in the middle <laughs> of making, um... Like reproducing Moraine's Moraine's dress from the series, and it's very cool. And so, it's kind of nice to like have context on like who this character is and like the political stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's just kind of cool. But it doesn't sound like a bad like it doesn't sound like a bad book. I think that I would get cranky because I'm such a Tolkien fan that I'd be like, "This is just a ripoff." Which like clearly there's some acknowledgement that yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. But like it also sounds like a fun book with like kind of a bad ending. But I also know I'm never going to read this. <laughs> nope, I think that sums it up pretty nicely. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have. I mean, I. I. I think I'm where Emily's at, where it's long series are, are very daunting, um, especially for as someone who has uh, has long documented struggles with reading <laughs> even the slightest of books. Um, and I have other series that I, you know, are. are I, I feel like I. I should get to the Dark Towers just out there. <laughs> 
looming over me and my bad <laughs> Stephen King fandom. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, it, it is interesting. And I, uh, really, I'm just more bummed because of Game of Thrones is a great example. Mm. I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to read the books just because the show for the, you know, 85% of it did such a great job <laughs> of, um, showcasing what's so great about it. And then with the new series that's going to come out here uh, later this year, um, there's a chance that that's going to be just as good. Um, and so I, I, I've gotten to experience what makes it so good mm-hmm. um, without actually having reading it, which I'm sure people, there would be certain people out there that would, would not like that I said that. But also, <laughs> screw you. Um, and so it, 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 I'm kind of bummed that the reviews have been so mediocre to poor on mm-hmm. Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it, if it was getting, you know, I, I, good reviews, I, it, it would be something that I would consider checking out. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that, that would have been my way to get to know these characters in this world. And unless, you know, something else changes, I just, I'm just not going to do that because I got other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I completely get that. Like, I... I am not a book purist. I do really love reading books. Like, I think as I've been reading more, I really was reading a lot over Christmas break, and that kind of has thankfully stuck with me for the past couple months. Like, I I really do think that, like, books, and to an extent, comic books are, like, my favorite medium to, like, just engage with. I really do like movies and TV shows, but, like... Because I love fantasy and sci-fi, I, I've told Emily this a million times, it is so hard to get an adaptation in the first place because it's so expensive to have the effects or the costumes or everything. It's not like a superhero movie where it's just now or a near sci-fi or the like millions of urban fantasy shows like Supernatural or that grim TV show or once upon a time, like you're not you you can't just like go to like Toronto <laughs> and film the Wheel of Time. Like it, it takes such an investment from an Amazon or a Netflix or an HBO that you have to wait a long time between like fantasy or high fantasy or or like high sci-fi, like really out there in space type sci-fi mm-hmm. that. When there's a good one, like The Lord of the Rings or the new Dune movie, it blows your mind when you actually see it. But there's so many disappointing ones. So many. It really is sad. And the thing is, like, if you look at any other adaptation of, like, say, mystery novels or what have you, there, there, I, you, my guess is you probably see a roughly similar, like, good ones and bad ones. Like, there's good Poirot movies, and there's, like, <laughs> not great ones. There's good Sherlock Holmes adaptations, and there's not good ones. Sometimes in the same series. <laughs> um, but with fantasy, I I know I just said it's roughly the same. I think it's a little worse. Because it's higher stakes. Because there's higher stakes. You have so much money going into this. So many hundreds of million dollars just to get the rights of something like the new Lord of the Rings show, which is... Like, the new trailer coming out, people are kind of mixed. It's like some parts look cool, and others are like, eh, I don't know where they're going with this. And maybe we'll find out it's great. Who knows? But 
Like, I know that we just watched The Witcher Season 2, and I thought it was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have only read the first book uh, of The Witcher, but, like, I, I don't want to, like, turn this into a, an entire thing. But, like, it was just, in general, very boring. It felt like the first episode and the last episode was the only time anything of importance happened, and the rest was just filler. Mm. And I, I think that, like... With the higher stakes of how much money it takes to, like, make the special effects and the costumes and everything that I already said, spreading that out so it takes a long time. People want to make properties that they know are going to make money, so they're going to stick with known stuff, like Lord of the Rings, like nothing against the Game of Thrones books, because that, that to me, is, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it's, it's a very popular series, but the HBO show just, like, blew it up. Um... And it's going to start getting stuff. And they might be good and they might be bad. But they're going to make Game of Thrones things because it was popular. Mm -hmm. And it did work for a good while. For a solid, like like you said, six to seven seasons. It was right. some solid TV. And the most Probably the most popular show oh, on yeah. television. The most, most talked about show. And the way people would talk about it, reviewers, I mean non-fantasy reviewers would be like it's for it's it's fantasy for people who don't like fantasy bullshit it's fantasy because right. people like fantasy right that's the thing and that's what tolkien was trying to prove too mm -hmm. right was that like fantasy is not just for kids like adults are like what they are looking for fantasy right mm -hmm. but like when you're adapting it it's so like I've, I, like I've said, like the stakes are just higher, right? It's way easier to mess it up because there's mm -hmm. so much anticipation. There's so much money riding on it. And there's probably like a million people's hands in it because everyone wants to make sure it makes money. And then it kind of, a lot of the time, ends up being sort of like mediocre. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Fuck Jeff. <laughs> well, I think we can actually put a little more blame on Jeff Bezos in this case because he specifically is a fan of the Lord of the Rings. And he specifically wanted... To make sure Amazon had, had it, it right. in this case, um, but he I'm only still holding out hope. But well, yeah, like I said, you never know. But with the Wheel of Time, I do want to watch it. I do want to kind of like find out for myself if I like it. I'll probably only tweet about it. I'm not going to like make a new episode about that. But from what I've heard, I'm probably not going to like it, and that's really disappointing because that means it would likely be twenty years minimum before. Someone else gets a shot. If the show keeps going, which it is going to get season two at least, mm -hmm. it means it's even longer. And there's nothing wrong with... I, I legitimately believe that there's nothing wrong with an adaptation that changes a lot about the source material. And, like, kind of becomes its own thing. Every superhero show and movie mm -hmm. kind of does its own thing. Because comics is like this big sprawling thing, and you kind of just pick the things and the elements. It doesn't matter that the Batman Riddler doesn't act exactly like the comics Riddler, because there's been 15 versions of the Riddler and his costume. And when we see a new one, that's just like, oh, just add it to the canon. Not in terms of what ac absolutely happened through the history of Batman, but just what you think of when it comes to Batman. And, and, and I think the same thing can happen with fantasy books or anything else like that. But because it's because the, the last time we had a Batman movie was what? Justice League, right? Ish. Or Batman v Superman. Yeah, if you yeah. really want to go back to like the last like Batman solo movie, 
It's Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. So ten years mm-hmm. between Batman movies. They're not a long time. And I don't have a problem with that amount of time, actually. I, I'd i be happy if a Batman movie came out with some regularity. I like Batman. I, you're never going to get that with a fantasy show Mm-mm. like a, or a strong sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Like It's just really not going to happen. Um, it needs to be something like that has the name recognition of a Harry Potter or yeah. a Lord of the Rings right. to, to get that level of, and that's the highest of high on un, an unattainable goal for really almost anything. What? And the thing is, the thing is like, you can't always count on that. Like Harry Potter was just this juggernaut, even in the book form, it was huge. The TV, the movies were huge and the fantastic beasts are, exist (laughs) um like but they're gonna keep happening and they're probably gonna be more harry potter things because it's a cash cow you're gonna keep doing that like i I think the last thing i'm just gonna say is that you have to if you want something like that if you want the next big harry potter you have to be willing to try and make the next big game of thrones kind of like you need to be willing to take this is a popular book series Fantasy might be niche, but it's kind of a big niche. Like, it's kind of a well-known thing. You kind of have to be willing to take those risks and take the risk of assuming that the book is popular for a reason. Yeah. And it has parts that people like and that, like, and being able to find which parts are important to include and which ones are not, which is just kind of, like, part of that, adapting things. But, like... Actually, like, having people who understand that, a Peter Jackson who absolutely loves the material, or whatever else you're making, I think. So, I think I have taken away our time long enough, so next time, Tim, I will finally see it over you. You know what? I won't even talk. You know what? You just record an episode and you just send it to me and we'll we'll call it good. (laughs) Finally. is yours sir i hope you guys like a whole bunch of sickly (laughs) starving band of misfits that somehow beat the (laughs) biggest empire in the world america hell yeah thine eyes have seen the coming (laughs) glory of the coming of the lord his truth is marching on (laughs) i'm gonna keep going can't wait Thank you to Velt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from his strange fighting pose. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SundokuPod. Do we it. like to post things there. And I w- we'll be, uh, I'll be posting my review of the Wheel of Time TV show as I watch it on my second monitor later this week. Um, thank you to Emily for joining us for a second week in a row. No problem. Emily, will you be back next episode? No, probably not. All right. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, more heartbreak next time. But uh, we will see you guys next time. I liked you better when you were gone, girl. <laughs> see Bye. you later. Bye.